Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories podcast. My name is Dr. Brandon Beck, and I am so excited for you to be here to join us today. This podcast was originally a live show that was aired across several different social media platforms. The goal of this show is to amplify the stories of amazing people, which serve as inspiration for your journey. Your story matters. It tells us who you are and who you want to be. Enjoy this opportunity to hear from these innovative thought leaders as they discuss what it means to unlock unlimited potential. If you are looking for an opportunity to connect further with me after this show, please visit brandonbeckedu.com to learn more about my speaking, coaching, consulting, and other offerings that are designed to help you and your organization find greater results in your journey. All right, welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Story Show. I'm so excited to be here today with my very special guest from the Netflix docuseries Last Chance U Basketball, head coach of East LA College, the Huskies, John Mosley. How you doing, John? Brandon, doing well, man. It's uh, staying busy, uh, uh, you know. We're still have some pandemic things that we're dealing with here in Southern California, but uh, had the opportunity to hop on with guys like yourself and and be able to continue to share uh, because we still, you know, in the Zoom, still on some Zoom, like hybrid type uh, stuff. So so this has been great. Uh, it's been awesome. Otherwise, I'd be in the gym right now. Twenty four seven. You we wouldn't be able to catch up. So. Yeah, absolutely. We one one silver lining, I guess, that we can all kind of connect really easily these days. And so I appreciate that. So, John, I don't know if many people, you know, I'm sure a lot of people know who you are. I mean, if they haven't, they need to check it out on Netflix. I know that I was just telling you before on the pre-show that I I watched through the the Last Chance You. I'm a big fan of all the Last Chance Yous, but when I'm when they came out with basketball, I was pumped, and mm -hmm. I jammed through. I went through yours in three days. And man, it was such an awesome experience. I'm so excited to dig into that a little bit with you. But let, I'm going to just say a couple of things and then you can tell us a little bit more. But let me see what I've gathered. So you used to play at ELAC and you now came back after they had many, many seasons and they hadn't had a winning season since 2001. So you came back at the helm. And when you came back at the helm, you've turned that program around into something really special. And Netflix did a great job in documenting that during the season. Um, and something that many people may not know is East LA College is the second biggest community college in the United States. And you have over 35,000 students. But more importantly, is the idea of Last Chance U. Now, for those of you out there that haven't seen Last Chance U, it's exactly that. You are coaching a lot of players that it's technically their last chance. These are the players that may have went to big division one schools, have had great careers and something went wrong or something happened along the, the way that made them kind of fall into your path. So yeah. that's my best introduction of that. So tell <laughs> yeah. me anything I missed. 
<laughs> yeah, well, you know what is genius of the creators of Last Chance U to find a story that's not being told. And there's a lot of stories that haven't been told. And, uh, you know, at the high school level, we got the parents, right? We got uh, that are making a lot of noise and they're representing our, our children or speaking up for them. And then we have the universities, you know, which are marketed well. They're on television. Uh, everybody's earned the right to in some ways to get to a university uh, because they either got the, you know, they got admitted, the correct test score, and or they got a scholarship, so they're at the universities. But when you think about the community college student or uh, athlete, nobody's telling their stories. Nobody is hearing their stories. Nobody's listening to them. I mean, right now, we're, we're still having a tough time with moving forward through the pandemic because there's no one to, to yell and scream for them uh, because it's just them. They're the student who've already had some struggles uh, and who was who had some disappointments. And it's like, well, we're going to listen to you. Tell us that we you need to get back. No parents are, are supporting them necessarily, or they are supporting them, but the parents' voice isn't as strong at this level. Uh, and so, uh, and the faculty were, you know, were tenured. So it's like, hey, just come to school and get it done. Uh, but yeah, there's a story here that, 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 that's not being told. And I think that surprised a lot of people who watched all the Last Chance You shows. I think they knew it was going on, but now they got, a, got hit with a dose of reality. Like, yeah, you know what? There's a level of conviction in me. I forgot about those guys, you know? Yeah. And I think <clears throat> Netflix did a great job with telling the story behind the stories, the story behind the stories of your players, of your coaching mm -hmm. staff. And it really dove into, you know, a nice, a nice season. I really enjoyed kind of the way they did that. And you talk, it's, it's kind of hard to explain to people that haven't seen the show East LA College, the surrounding areas of East LA College, what what the stories are and kind of the gist of the stories that your players have. And, and I think coming from you, the, you explaining it is a lot better than anybody. Yeah, you know what, uh, is of course a long journey and we I can go on and on and to talk about my journey, but myself having a journey through community college and uh, going through that education system. I had the, I had good parents. All right. So I'm not saying I was, I lived in the, I've lived in a gutter, but I can get out of kind of get out of the gutter and, and walk through a door where I can, where I saw two faces. I saw mom and dad and they, they, they support it. But, I, but when I walked out of the door, I'm looking, I'm in an environment, I'm in a community where there's abandonment, where there's all these different issues, single parent homes, uh, and so I, I saw, I see all these reactions. I see all of why uh, that, you know, and I shared, I, I said, you know what? We immediately stereotype when we see a response, we, we see poor reactions or poor performance and not really understand the story of what's going on and how we can get to the root of that so we can make change. And I'm, I'm grateful that I got the, the opportunity and now everybody's like, oh, you're great. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not great, man. That's just what we should be doing. We got to go. We got to go build relationships, learn what's really going, what the root is so that we can we can, you know, we can, you know, start change so we can start changing. And so we were able to share that and share the story. So you saw it documented uh, Deshaun Hyler's life and why he's MFing everybody. Why is he giving every, everybody the finger his whole life? And now we're writing him off. I got it. I had an administrator send me an email 
after a game that Sean Hyler was in, and he sent me an email and he said, this kid is inappropriate. He needs some counseling. He's got issues. The way he acted and his character is completely unacceptable. And he went on and on because of maybe a smart aleck response and how he talked to the official. Well, I bet after he saw the show, he was a little convicted after he saw his story and how hard he fought just to get on the basketball court. And now he's on the court. And it, and, and so I allow, go ahead and express yourself that that's how you, you grieve. So he grieved and I'm allowed, I say, okay, let's grieve, but you know what? Uh, let's start to talk through this grieving. I'm gonna let you grieve here and get away with that. But you know what? Let's start to scale back. And now, and now he's fine. But I, I'm, I'm assuming that the administrator probably saw it and said, oh, that's that's kind of why. Maybe I, if I knew the whole story, maybe, maybe I would have had a little more understanding that his mom passed. His mom is it. He has no family. They're all gone. They're all, you know, he was abandoned from his family when his mom left his family. And so he's by himself. He's literally by himself. There's no, there's no family. Coach, you beat me to it, but we, on this episode, on this show, we dedicate each episode to someone who's out there unlocking unlimited potential and all they serve. We usually do this towards the end, but you already came out. There he is right there, Deshaun Hyler. You talk yes. about his story, and they did such an amazing job of honoring his story. And I know there were some moments that you connected with him, and they connected with that with you, with him, and, and you basically taking this player under your wing who had had so much loss in his life. And for most people, when they experience that loss, they're going to have some feelings for sure that are everlasting. And this, a lot of those feelings were something that really tore him apart, but he was your captain and he led this group of guys um, with all these different stories and to be a leader of a group of guys, I mean, it's amazing you being the coach of them, but it's also amazing for him to be such an amazing leader of that group, of that team with so much talent and with so many different background stories. Well, your title of everything, unlocking limited, unlimited potential, when you, there's so many, and, and I like to phrase it as there's this diamond. Everybody, he, there's a diamond in there and we're sitting here and we're looking at the outer, the rock that we got to chip away and get, you know, we're looking at all the pressure that they're under and just, there's a diamond in there. And I, I could see it. And just because there's a poor response doesn't mean that that, that diamond disappears. It's still just because it's a little ugly on the outside, you know, maybe we got to, you know, put it under more pressure and chip away at it and kind of shape it and, and cut it. We got to do that. Yeah. But it's still a diamond, right? And Deshaun Eiler, the most amazing, and you can't even imagine how intelligent that young man is. You can't even imagine because we were able to get through this, the direction he's going now. You know, he gets a scholarship. He's played on the team. He's got, man, this dude, I was teasing him. He's doing, he's going to be a millionaire before he said, coach, I'm going to be a millionaire before I'm 30. I'm like, okay. You know, like he's doing all these amazing things. and had and so many times yes he wanted to give up like he would literally be like coach i, I don't want to do this no more like he, we would have moments during that year like he just don't want while we're filming you think most guys would be like oh we're filming let me continue to enjoy this he was like coach don't none of this matter i just don't he could not figure out 
you know, he, he just didn't want to do anymore and he didn't care at some times. And sometimes you got to get him to care back. Like, look, dude, like I, we know you're grieving, but you're going to wish you're going to wish in five years that you cared at this moment. So let's make sure that we, that we, we can, we care now and let's get through it. Even though uh, you, you got this pullback of not wanting, not any motivation, not wanting to do, you're still grieving all those different type of things. But the potential, I can't even tell you. But but here's 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 what 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 happened, and I'll I'll be a little bit intimate. So a lot of times we're looking at the outer and we're seeing the type of reaction the person he is. Yeah, we can all relate to. Oh, he lost his mom. We feel sorry. But then what we have to do is we have to carry the burden with these people as well. We have to carry the burden. Help them carry the burden so that they trust you. And then once they trust you, they'll listen and to some of the guidance that you have for him. So carrying a burden with him to handle all of this business, he's dealing with so much in regards to, you know, when you lose your mom, she's, she has this estate, she has all these different things that he has to handle and people coming at him, you got claws coming at him. And for someone like us, we go and protect him and say, here, let's get you through this. And then he, and then build the trust. That's what what, you know, some of the things I think that's what it was about. And I think what resonated with everybody and they got excited about the show. And I'm just doing I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm like, man, that's what that's what we we got to do as as leaders, as teachers is go grab these guys and just kind of surround them and hug them because I saw the leader that he was. And then sometimes he he wouldn't lead the right way. And I'm like, Sean, man, you got to everybody's watching you. You have this is the way you got to lead. And so it's just little nuggets I poured in. He did it, though. It's all him. He did it. You know, I yeah. just poured little nuggets. I just direct. I just took the diamond. I just chipped away a little bit and I kind of buffed it off a little bit. But he's the diamond. He's the one with the potential. He's the one with all of, you know, he's the one with the gifts. He's the one with the leadership skills. I just had to buff the diamond off, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you say it in like the first episode, you say basketball doesn't build character. Basketball reveals character. And I think that, for you to be able to, first of all, raise your hand and say, I'm going to take on this team that hasn't won in a while and has a whole bunch of baggage. And I'm going to step in and I'm going to do what I believe to be right, because you don't see just one diamond, brother. You see you see a lot of diamonds and you see it in there. And I think that that's really that's something that's that is inspiring because everybody doesn't raise their hand to go into this profession. Everybody doesn't raise their hand to be a teacher, to be a coach, to be an educator, to be an administrator. And especially when they're considered working with underperforming students, you know, and I hate to use labels, but that's mm -hmm. what we're talking about, right? You have a whole crew of staff that's working with these kids behind the scenes in school. I mean, there's a, a, a whole village that's working around behind these kids that you guys and your coaching and your program is really put together. So the question is, you know, at the end of the day, we all, you know, a lot of people maybe ask you this is just why E-L-A-C? Why ELAC? Well, you know what? I, I operate uh, from an underdog perspective, and I think this was an opportunity. Uh, I was out there. Uh, I, I don't I don't think it's attractive. It, it may be attractive now who I am because Netflix made it look good. But I don't, I'm not sure if it was attractive when I would sell myself to others like I'm really trying to help young men. Well, if you're trying to build numbers, if you're trying to win, if you're trying to market 
if you're trying to bring in revenue, that that doesn't resonate. So if I go to a university and say, hey, I'm trying to build young men, I'm trying to build character, I'm trying to save lives, there's no university that's going to hire me. Like really, when you, from a business perspective, that doesn't work. They're like, they want to hear, I'm going to bring in the revenue in the building. I'm going to make sure the arena is full. I'm going to make sure, uh, of course, that they graduate so that we don't lose scholarships, right? I'm going to make sure uh, that we get that television contract for our conference. So I'm going to get us to the NCAA tournament so that we get that couple million dollar bonus from the NCAA, right? That's what they want to hear. So when I'm sharing what my vision is to leaders and those who want to hire and it, it just, it, it, it sounds good. It's a feel good story to them. Uh, but that's just not what most people were looking for. And so from an underdog perspective, this job opened up. I was like, well, I have an opportunity to be a head coach. Let me go work on my head coach. And I thought I was going to be here a year or two. You know, let me just go in real quick. Everybody said, man, that's career suicide. But I'm here and I'm like, man, I'm going to build men and I'm going to win. I'm like, we're just going to win. Everybody's like, no, just respectable program is okay. And I'm like, no, nah, I heard that before. If you don't win, it, it doesn't matter where you're at. You, you know, you, you get favor when you win. And so we decided to win uh, and go after it and try to win, but also build men. And I think if, if we build men, build, uh, you know, whether it's if we're if build our students up, we, if they go out and they represent what we built and now we're, we're going to win. So why wouldn't we start at the root of it? You know, everybody wants to win on the surface. Like let's win, let's go to the root of the issue. Let's start with the foundation. So that guess what, when they go out and win now and they get knocked back a little bit, they're going to be able to get up and keep going because they've learned there's a foundation uh, that we chipped away and we got to the root of everything. We got to the root of the issues of why, we were struggling in our performance. And so that's kind of what I was. And I thought that's what people wanted to hear. Right. You know, they didn't want to hear that. And so you asked, why am I in East L.A.? And I'm just sitting over here like, well, nobody really kind of, you know, I, I went on several interviews and I I'm, I'm talking about high major programs and all that. And I told the truth. I said, I can recruit if, if they wanted me to recruit. I said, I can recruit. But I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say tomorrow I'm going to go get the number one player in the country. In my heart, do I believe I can go get the number one player in the country? Yeah, but I'm not going to say it. And so I think we're in a space where in a time where I'm going to get you the number one recruit tomorrow and it doesn't happen. But he gets the job just because he said it. Right. So I think that's what happens. And I'm going to be you know, truthful and I'm going to say, hey, this is what I envision. But it starts with the core with building up people, investing in people. And I think that's where it starts. And not many CEOs are listening to that right now. Oh, man. Mic drops everywhere, for sure. I mean, kids first, right? Kids first, yeah. students first. Um, yeah. Lead with the heart. There's not a lot of people out there who think about the why they're doing what they're doing mm -hmm. when they're looking for you know an opportunity to be promoted or an opportunity to move up and for you it, i totally see it in the video in the show i totally see it i believe it you're following your purpose you're mm -hmm. following what you believe to be the right thing to be doing right now and mm -hmm. everything else will fall into place right, right, right. and yeah. i appreciate I mean, that well this opportunity came up i'm I, some I, you know i'd sit back and and was like okay we're winning we're having success year after year guys are graduating guys are moving on fortunately i mean they said they'll never hire you there as a faculty and it worked out i ended up you know being a faculty here so 
that helps with some stability now. You know, I don't have to go out and chase uh, an opportunity now. Uh, but but it's it's so true. Uh, I'm very fortunate that I I got this sense of uh, I can do this for a long time because I, I you know I can see the fruits of the labor and and I get excited when I see those young men have success, not just after here, but they move on. Like I tell the guys, you're not getting any sugar from me. You don't get no sugar from me until I see you graduate from the four-year university or I see you moving on. And this is the first year the pandemic again helped. So this is the, sil the, the, the silver lining is I got a chance to watch a lot of young men that I coached because you got ESPN two and three and all these crazy channels that they used to play on and I could never find them. And I was like, I don't have time to find it. But now I have time to find it and watch. And, you know, it brings tears to my eyes to see him move on. See, and I could just see a sprinkle of some of the things that we taught him. They took him. And now if we can just get them out of these places, like if we can move them out of our high schools and our colleges and move them on, and then they can become enlightened and they get to a new world. And that's what I was sharing about this window. The guys, they see the window and they know they're supposed to go through. But, you know, well, I'm going to pull them through. A lot of people say there's your window of opportunity and they just point to it and say, there it is. Go. And I'm like, man, that kid ain't going nowhere. That kid is from the hood. He's afraid. He's acting like he's not afraid. His chest is out like I'm from the hood and I'm tough. He's afraid to go through that window. And guess what? I pull him through. And when he gets on the other side of that window, he looks through and he's like, oh, man, it's flowers. It's pretty. It's beautiful. It's opportunity. I can eat. Man, I'm so glad. And guess what? They never they never go back or never go back in the sense that they don't they don't fall off as much. You know, they'll go back and help, but they don't fall off. So we got to pull them through. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. I'm not asking you to do it. I'm just saying if you're going to say that I want to help these kids, then you got to do it. You got to go grab them, meet them where they are and pull them through. You can't just say sit back and say, hey. Come and get this opportunity. Look at what I'm giving you. Your kid, your, 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 you know, your 15-year-old knucklehead, come and get it. Like, it's not happening. You got to go pull them through the windows and take them through. And then when they're poking through the windows and see an opportunity, you just got to push them. And, and, and they fall into the opportunity. And they look back and try to come back. And they can't crawl up the window and get back. It's like, no, you stay there until you see the the you know, what life can be on that, that side. And I think that's what I'm doing. And Hey, if you a millionaire and running a corporation, th that's your thing. Just donate some money to us. Right. You know, uh, but it, we're not asking you to go grab the kids out of the gutter or go, if you don't want to go, you know, or just go open up water in Africa, or you don't have to do that to feel like you're doing something to help, you know, but if you say, that I want to go, I want to help kids that are underrepresented. I want to help kids that are in these positions who are low performing. I want to help kids with disabilities. If you're saying that, then you, then, then I believe you got to, like you said, lead with your heart and you got to go grab them and you got to go meet them where they are. Yeah. Oh man. There is so much to dive into right there, but that is, you're, you're showing them what they need to be shown. And, and one thing is that's applicable to anyone. First of all, we get that, but 
when we talk about your players and we talk about their stories, it's you and I are sitting here talking just a little bit about it. And we've shared a couple of your stories. You talk about the place that these kids come from, where it's a place of hopelessness. It's a place of not really knowing anything about their purpose, not knowing anything about their why. All that stuff is so far in between to them. And, you know, you even have players like, you know, like Joe Hampton, who was literally in jail before he came to try out for you after having an, an amazing high school career all the way up to his college. And he was playing at, I believe it was UPenn, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, just that's just one example of just another person that Netflix really honored well and, and really showed a lot of his story, but such an emotional player because it seemed like to me from the way that Netflix portrayed it, and I'm sure you can share more. It seemed like to me, like, he really went through a period of depression. Like the show opens up with his like kind of monologue of him sitting there and you kind of see his his progression as it goes through, but an amazing story. But you're talking about these kids, man, and these kids that have such difficult backgrounds and come from such mm -hmm. places of hopelessness, but yet you find some way with your passion, whether you're literally running up the wall, because you are running up the wall in the episode, brother. It's my favorite moment. I was laughing so hard. Yeah. You're running up the wall to show them how much you care. And you, yeah. you know, you don't let those guys, you don't let those guys have an inch because you believe it. You believe yeah. how much they have to work and so much energy and from you and your coaching staff. But talk a little bit about that. How do you take a kid yeah. or these players with such hopelessness, with no experience of real success? once they've hit kind of what we call may may call bottom how do you yeah. how do you take them back forward yeah well i think anybody who a part of me if these kids aren't successful if they don't walk out of the door with a level of success whatever we define as their success then to me i'm a failure if i'm the the teacher if i'm the like and i just take that on some people they don't want to take that on they put it on the kid i define it as a failure if i say hey i'm going to help you get through this then I have to help them get through it. If you, and, and then what we have to do is we have to look at the story. We have to go find out what is really going on in, in their lives. And so you take Joe Hampton for, for example, and you look at his life. And so we just see the outer, we see the outer part. We don't see what really happened. And if we know the story that can help us get these young men through or these young ladies through or these low performers or whatever they are, if we can know truly the story. So he, he, what what type of abandonment, what type of abuse? I mean, who knows what happened at five, six, seven, eight years old? He's on top of the world. He's one of the best players starting right from middle school all the way through high school, right? One of the best players. Did he foundationally start off right? Probably not because he started off as I'm a basketball player. I'm this great person. I'm carrying the burden of the family on my shoulders with really no foundation and no offense to his family, but he's carrying that burden with him. And so he believes he's carrying with no foundation, edu necessarily an educational foundation with no principle foundation of really how to be successful. He was kind of already grown. In, he already grew up into success and praise and worthiness and all of that. They kind of, fed him with that. And then what happens? He's going through the, to the top high school in the country and then he blows his knee out. Okay. I mean, he's an eight, 17 year old kid. He blows his knee out. Now who's, who's there to help him through psychologically? Now where's the family at to help him through? 
right? So maybe he's kind of getting through it, right? Because he's like, okay, one setback that he's never had before. But guess what? Now he gets to a university and he blows out the other knee. So now what happens? Now you're on a level where there's high level of performance and you can't even meet that because you blew out both knees. There's a level of depression. Now, guess what? Maybe there's abandonment. Maybe there's not, I'm not talking about just physical. Maybe there's emotional abandonment. Maybe where's all the praise now? Where, where, where's all the, all the, the unfoundational things that supported him? The praise is what supported him. It wasn't education. It wasn't uh, faith. It wasn't, you know, uh, structure. It was praise that was supporting him. All the praise is gone. And so he bottoms out. Now he's bottomed out. And so now we see this spiral. And so what makes him feel better? What gets him through is gaining weight. He's eating. He's smoking weed. And, you know, he goes from one place that doesn't work out. Why? Because he's angry because he was forced to go there. He's forced to go here. And then finally he comes to a place. Everybody says, I wouldn't touch him with a 10 foot pole. Well, you would have touched him when he was in high school before he blew his knees out. Right. But now you wouldn't touch him. Why? Because now he's looking for money that maybe some people took advantage of him. Guess what? When he was on top, people took advantage. And some people, they lined their pockets with money. But now when he's down, when he has two blown out knees, he can't even buy himself a hamburger. Right. And so now what does he do? Maybe he does some things so he can get some money. And now everybody writes him off. Well, he comes to me and it's not that I'm this just great savior. It's just I said, uh, I'll give you an opportunity because I looked and I saw in his eyes, he really said, I, I, I want to do it. And I'm like, OK, he really wants to do it. But we got to look at the story, the deep story, and not just look at the reaction and the response uh, right out there. And it's 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 kind of a burden. It's kind of sad when I when I see a young man, he really and he really stuck it out. Joe stuck it out. I gave him the template and he stuck it out. And most of the kids will. Most of the kids we deal with, if you really spend time with them, they want it. They want it. Why would a kid sabotage it? Why would he, why would Joe Hampton sabotage the opportunity to move on? The only thing he knows is to get attention through that space that he's in at that moment. And so for me, I just, me being from the inner city or being from wherever I was from, I knew that it was a, an attention ploy and I can't let him sabotage himself. Nope. I'm not going to let you sabotage yourself. Go ahead and pout right there. Now, most coaches, and of course, sometimes I, I wouldn't tolerate someone pouting on the bench. If you come from a two-parent home and, you know, if you got a different upbringing and you're pouting on the bench, I may handle that differently. Like, no, you know what? Hey, just for that, let's all walk outside and go on the track because we won't have poor body language on the bench. Not, especially not from you because you kind of know better. But from him... And what legal thing he was going through at that moment that nobody else saw, maybe he has to, I need to let him act out a little bit because I know what's going on. I know what happened two hours before that game that day. And sometimes we have to know the story. I think we have to know the story in order to help someone. Of course, coach, we totally do. And I think that you have a gift Man, I think you have a gift of being able to, number one, find the time, but also put in the effort to really knowing your players and and the way that you push them and the way that you want so much more for them. Like, it's not that nothing is ever enough, but it is that you, my perception is that you believe 
that they are capable of so much more. And you see something in a lot of your players that they may not necessarily see when they start out with you. And sometimes they might push back and sometimes they might fight and sometimes they might argue and sometimes they may complain. But at the end of the day, they know you're going to be there and they know your coaching staff is going to be there. Your coaching staff is phenomenal as well. I mean, we, I mean, we can only talk so long, but God, I mean, your coach, coach Rob, coach Ken, amazing guys. I'm so proud that, that Netflix also included them in the story because their stories were, were so good and, and they're so important to your success. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I see, I see myself while I can draw to those men, those, those young men, I see myself, I see the, the, the failures that I had and I was able to come out of because of maybe someone spoke into my life or uh, my faith helped me get through. And so I can offer and I'm like, man, they have 10 more, 10 times more potential than I do. And if I can come out of this and I can travel the world with basketball, if I can now I'm a, I'm a stinking, uh, College professor, man. Say, I got. I'm walking around campus saying, "Hey, Professor Mosley," and I'm like, "Man, call me Coach." You know, I don't have the 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 you know the pocket with the pins in it. You don't have to call me Coach uh, Professor Mosley. Uh, so now I'm a college professor. I have four degrees, and if anybody can do it, I can see me. And I'm like, Joe has more potential than I had. Deshaun has more potential and more gifts than I had. So that I know if I can do it, then they can do it. And I just see me and, and, and all of these young men, whatever response that they have, if they pout it one day, I can see me. And so to try to help them come out of that, man, that's just, you know what? And I don't know if I'm a great coach, but I, I, I will say that I do have a gift of discernment and just trying to read where they're at and trying to get to where they're at and trying to meet them. Because if we don't have that relationship and build that trust, then they won't, they won't follow. I think most coaches, you know, a lot of times we we say, "Oh, he's a bad coach." I, I don't think they're bad coaches. It's just getting to under, getting the, the players to to trust and and do what we ask. We all know that we need to make a jump stop as a basketball coach. Every coach knows. So why are some teams jump stopping and why are some teams not jump stopping? We all know that we need to share the ball and move it. Well, why aren't we doing it? Well, it's because the player is not sharing the ball. Well, he's not sharing the ball maybe because there's no trust. It's like, nope, I got to get mine because if I don't, the coach is not going to give me a scholarship. Well, if we can build the trust and how we build the trust is we dig in and we live out the burdens of these young men or for me, for young men, it could be young women or whoever it is or or any of our students. If we can just live out those burdens. My wife is a teacher as well. And every now and then she'll come home and share with me this kid. Oh, this kid is this. This kid is that. And then there's times she'll share like, you know what? This kid is this, this and this. But you know what would happen? The kid was abused. The parent was, you know, and she'll share with me what is going on in their lives. And she teaches elementary school. And so, you know, there's always a story instead of us sitting there. And there's no why would a kid do that? Why would a kid act, uh, not do his homework? Right. Of course, we know there's poor habits. Of course, we know there's no support. Um, find out all those stories. And then guess what? Now let's find a way to to uh, manipulate the situation in those stories. And, and for me, that's the challenge. That's the, I guess that's fun to me. It's fun to me to uh, manipulate Joe Hampton 
his negative situation and what happened. It's fun to me to manipulate that and see a positive change. And the same way with Deshaun. It's fun to me. Like Deshaun said, Mosley will do some weird stuff to get your attention. And and I, I look back and I was like, yeah, that is true. I'll do something. I got to do something, you know, uh, I got to do something weird. I have to do something, whether it's entertaining, whether it's off kilter, you know, uh, I have to do something to get you to respond and not just sit in a box and say, well, if you don't respond, if you don't get this math problem, then that's on you. You didn't pay attention. Well, maybe that learner, maybe that learner needs to see some colors. Why don't you put on some music and, and, and do the math problem and see how that works? Nope. This is how I teach. Well, you're not going to reach that one. If that's how you teach, you're not going to reach that one. So there you go. You, there's five people you're not going to reach because you're going to be this teacher who you are. So maybe try something. I just have a passion and a challenge myself. I can be in a room speaking. I can be teaching Sunday school. And if I see a kid drifting off, I, I, I forget about those. I want that kid. That's the kid I want. The kid that's falling asleep on me. You're the one I want. What are you doing falling asleep? No. I got. I need more energy then. I need something. I want that kid. I don't know. That's just me, man. Maybe that's not all teachers or whatever. I want the kid, the student, the person that is not interested. I want you to be interested. I need to find a way to draw you in. So that's just me. Yeah. You you answer the call and you uh, you 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 differentiate your emotional management. That's what I would say from my perspective and that's what's important right everybody's different and you do it from a place of love and a place of knowing their story or at least wanting to get their to know their story and that right there is an effective strategy and, and it's impressive and i think that's why i think that's why you were chosen man i think that's why your story is being shared right now with the whole world and and that's an um, unbelievable opportunity it's been so great to be a part of that I know we've been chatting a little longer than we expected, but man, I could listen to you all day and just continue to t talk, but I know you're getting super busy. So I'm going to ask you one last question. I need you to finish my sentence. We do this every time on the show. Unlocking unlimited potential means. Getting to that diamond. Unlocking limited, unlimited potential, man, is getting to that diamond. It is down deep down in everybody that I walk past every day. Everyone that I look at, no matter whatever the disability, no matter whatever the, the level of disappointment, depression, uh, uh, no matter whatever unfortunate situation, man, there's a diamond deep down inside and everybody has a calling on their life. Everybody has a purpose and we just have to get there and get to that diamond and make sure that everybody's uh, uh, we can we can kind of direct them to their purpose. And if not direct them to their purpose, allow them to shine so that their their purpose uh, shines through. Uh, and so sometimes we, we try to lead people and we try to tell them what to do, but maybe we just chip away and carve away and let the, the diamond shine for itself. You know, like Deshaun, you know, I can tell him how to be a leader, but Deshaun is hard headed. I called him a jerk. I say, man, you're a jerk, but Deshaun knows how he wants to lead. I just have to chip away at the other stuff and let him lead the way he wants to lead. So I think unlocking, unlocking that 
a limited potential man is to just let that to, to get help get to that diamond so that that diamond can shine through. And, and if the diamond needs to be chipped a little bit, you, you kind of ask for permission. Hey, you want to get carved up so that you can be a, a princess diamond or what kind of diamond do you want to be? Uh, if they ask, right? But the diamond is going to shine through. So getting to that, uh, unlock that, that, poten that potential. Well, you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. This is proof right here that inside of all of us is an unlimited potential. And you're dealing with players with some really different stories than a lot of people deal with. And, and some players and kids that come from stories of a lot of hopelessness and a lot of stories where there's not a lot of success at first and you are showing them the way you are showing us and showing everybody out there that inside everybody is an unlimited potential and i appreciate that i appreciate everything you're doing so what's next for coach john mosley after all this awesome success with the netflix show you know i just i i, I just plan to be me man i'm i'm not trying to somebody somebody reached out to me about a like a show like a survivor show and i'm like man i'm not doing all that i'm just a coach if i have the opportunity to move on and i can do the same things that i'm doing uh but what i've been telling everybody who asked me if there, is there something bigger on the horizon i'll never leave the mission for the money um i'm gonna stay locked on the mission stay locked on the message uh if i can share the message and and make more money then i'll do that but i'm i i, I like where i'm at i'm enjoying this I love this space where I can I can pour into lives uh, and, and I can focus on the lives. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, who knows, man? I don't know where I'll be. Ultimately, I believe wherever God wants me to be, that's where I'll be. Yes, absolutely. There is a plan for sure. I truly appreciate that. And so I appreciate you for joining the show. I know your schedule has been super busy. I know you got a lot going on over there. And I know that you have a lot going on with your career as well. And, and I'm just so excited to have had the opportunity. You know, I watched the show in three days and then I reached out to you. Like, you know, I really appreciate that, you know, for doing this no, and, and jumping on the show. There's a lot of people that are going to learn and be inspired by your words. And I really wanted to share your story too. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Uh, My pleasure. I'll be out, be out speaking and hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll have a book out here in the next couple of, uh, couple of months. And, uh, you know, I've, I've already got some speaking stuff lined up. And so I'll stay busy doing that until they open the gyms up again. Awesome, Coach. Well, listen, we wish you the best of luck going forward. We know that you're going to have a tremendous career. And we thank you for all that you're doing for all those players out there. As we continue on our days and into our lives, remember that the journey toward unlocking unlimited potential begins with you and continue to educate with passion. Have an awesome day, everybody. This podcast is proud to be a part of the Codebreaker Podcast Network and also the entire family of disruptors at Codebreaker.